Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and I'm joined, of course, by Corey DLG and producer Nico. We're all getting ready for week four boys how are we feeling about week four of the nfl season yeah it's gonna be another riveting <laughs> lightning action-packed exciting we got this guys yeah i feel like you're gonna have to dig deep for the moral victories this week i i have a bit of a prediction here i think this is the first really bad game for the texans i think the other ones you know you can talk yourself into some aspects or, you know, oh, it was a couple plays away this or they had a bad fourth quarter that. I think this is the first butt-kicking weekend. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, news broke yesterday. I don't know if you listened to yesterday's podcast, but Joey Bosa was put on IR, and the starting tackle for the Chargers is also on IR. And uh, Herbert's still, um, you know, cracked up. But up boom um does any of that make you feel better going into this week nope okay okay i saw all of that i i saw i obviously know about the the herbert stuff is stretching into a, a third week here if you're counting going back to the chiefs game when he originally was injured with those ribs uh and you have keenan allen still with the lingering hamstring stuff uh, who missed the last couple of games. There's a, definitely a lot of reasons why you could try and talk yourself into the Texans, and I just don't want to do any of that. I just think it's going to be a painful game. Oh, okay. I don't... Wrap up the podcast. <laughs> Roll the credits. All right, thanks for listening, guys. I, I don't want to disagree with you too, too much because I do think on a lot of levels this is a pretty cut-and-dry situation that they found themselves in. I think it's a close, losable game um, because of all the injuries. If the Chargers were at full strength, like when, when we were doing our predictions of wins-losses at the beginning of the season, I told Nico this Chargers game is a flat-out loss um, if they're healthy. Now that they're coming into it and they've done us the favor of playing three weeks of football very poorly for them, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better health-wise about our team and what we're going to be able to do against these guys. And I do think it's going to be another disappointingly close game. Well, and here's the... I, I think the reason I'm so unoptimistic is because for every reason that you can throw out there that this could be a close game, I think there's a pretty good counterbalance reason why it won't be. So, like, for example... Let's take Justin Herbert, for example. You, you say that he's got cracked ribs. He's losing a tackle. Maybe the Texans have done a good job of getting into the backfields. Granted, they have played some bad teams in the first couple of weeks here. But they have done a good job of creating some pressure 
uh, during parts or stretches of these games. But I would throw back at you that while they can create pressure, they have been terrible against the run. And despite what we saw last week from him, Eckler is still a very good running back. They can still run the ball. They have a couple of good – I like Josh Kelly a lot too at running back there. So they still have very good backs, and if they're having trouble – getting the passing attack going they can go to that option you look at how uh oh the the secondary for the the houston texans you know they had some bright spots yesterday uh but then you also go back oh well you know what justin fields actually might not be that good of a quarterback and guess what it's probably going to be a tough weekend for stingley because he struggled against uh, Cortland Sutton and a big wide receiver coming in and Mike Williams is going to be there so even if you're not sure that Keenan Allen is going to be 100% or playing that well I think that that's probably a mismatch and that's going to be abused throughout the game I just think that there's points at this roster I mean you even look at Joey Bosa not being able to pressure Davis Mills is a good thing but you also have a lethal secondary for the Chargers that I think is going to take advantage of Davis Mills and his propensity to throw those late interceptions or have those late in-game turnovers that other teams have been able to capitalize. This team has fumbled a lot, especially in those fourth quarters. I think this is a team that's actually going to be able to scoop those up and capitalize them. I get that we're talking about the Chargers, and they typically have struggles in the fourth quarter even this year, but I just, I don't know. There's just too much talent on the Chargers side of things. And every disadvantage that you could throw out, I think there's also an advantage to solve it. <sighs> I there's nothing flawed with what you're saying. Like your your logic is sound. You're correct. They're a deep, talented team, but they've been struggling as of late. And I don't think that they're circling this game as a game of any importance and a game of any stress. I think even mentally, they're okay with coming in and laying out a pretty poor effort. As long as they still win by, you know, six points or so, they're going to be happy. And I think that that's kind of the situation that the Texans are going to be in for a lot of the season. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the Houston radio, and a lot of the stuff that they're saying is, for some reason, they're still talking about, like, what if we rattle off five or six wins? And I almost want to call in and just be like, what we are in no danger of doing that. Um, there is no chance that this team is going to win six games, considering the three games we've dropped. If we were going to, if we, if we had come out of those three games with two wins, then yeah, I would say, yeah, we could finish the season with six or seven wins, but with 13 weeks to play, we're going to play 500 football all of a sudden. I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone who thinks that. So I don't, I, Really what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this season is the progression of the rookies and the quality of the losses, which gives me indigestion. It gives me, uh, what's the, agita. That's the Italian word for just stomach stress. I, 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 am, I, I am very disappointed by the team that they put on the field, considering, I thought, listen, we were not in danger of ever being Again, when we counted wins, we counted six or seven wins. So, in that regard, I was never thinking like, oh, we're going to go out there and show the world. But I really thought we were, you know, from the bottom, I thought we were like a ninth or tenth worst team in the league. We It turns out we are probably one of the worst, like, 
the 32nd or 31st worst team in the leagues. Uh, so we're, we're playing some really poor football. So it wouldn't blow me away if the Chargers did win by 14. But there's something about the way we play these games. We're in the middle of them. We forget that we suck. And we get competitive. And then in the fourth quarter, we turn back into the Texans. I I get that. It's it's also tough for me to take that position. Looking back and taking a really good look at the teams that they're they're playing. Oh yeah, we we and we've done terrible against the worst teams in the league. Yeah, like you you go through like the Colts. I'm I'm not gonna read too much into a win over the the Chiefs. I. I think that Colts team is actually going to be pretty bad this year. Oh, the 180. The 180. Colton, I'm disappointed. It has been three weeks, and you have quit on your boy, Matt Ryan. I don't know if he's my boy, but like a lot of people, I like the roster. Col- that Colton, don't lie. You wrote, uh, you wrote uh, love uh, letters and fan letters. Dear Matt, I'm excited to see you this season. We talked about him. You were very loving in your comments. It's okay. It's all right. You can yeah, say again, it. Again, a, a guy who has won an MVP. <laughs> yes, I, I went out on a limb saying that Matt Ryan is a, a solid quarterback. <laughs> and that whole roster looks like it, it took a nasty turn. It did. It, uh, they, are playing, they are playing down a lot. And that is very concerning if you're the Colts. But I think it's just that they've started to tune out Frank Reich. I really, I, I really think that they've just – I think they're ready to move on administratively from him. So, so you start with them. Then you go to the – Broncos, who might be the worst situational football team in the NFL, despite their talent and a talent load roster, and also might be one of the worst red zone teams outside of maybe like the Raiders and the Texans in the NFL and the Texans and well and then and the Texans and then you go to the the Bears, who are the first team since like the seventies to have. What is it? Twenty? What's the stat? Twenty-three completions, I believe it is, in the first three weeks. This the team hasn't done that since <laughs> like nineteen seventy-one. And I think, is what I I saw on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. And, so, and what do they have? Two wins, I one mean, win. This is not. <laughs> this is not exactly a playoff-esque run that they went through in three weeks. No, you're right. And when I was when we were picking wins at the beginning, I keep going back to this. But when we were picking wins, I I did have us winning two out of these first three games and coming out of this feeling good about ourselves and then kind of falling back to earth middle of the middle of the season, uh, losing those three games and losing them the way we did. I mean, it hurts any kind of momentum you've got to sort of build on this season. You're, 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 you're just going out there now to make sure Lovey Smith can get these guys ready for next year, which is not week three where you want to be. And it sounds very defeatist and it feels a little defeatist to say this because ideally the season's not over. 0-2-1 is not the end of the world. But there's no run that I can see, even though we have one of the league's easiest records. I, it's it's really hard to see us beating, even teams like Washington and Philly. It's hard for me to imagine us being good against teams that I think we should match up well against. and I, We haven't shown it. And even, even going into the Chicago game, Man, I, I guess I'm just going to be the egotist here, I guess. I, going to the Chicago game, I said Justin Fields is going to look terrible, but it's going to drive us crazy that we're not scoring and we're still going to lose close and we're not going to understand how it happened. 
And that's exactly what we did. And it's, it's because it doesn't matter who's on the other side. We're going to lose because of what we don't do in the fourth quarter, which is get first downs and execute. Uh, but I think it helps when the guy on the other side struggles as well. And, and, and Herbert's going to have a, a, a rough game. I do believe that. And as talented as a roster is, if you're not converting third downs, if you're not successful on drives, the score is not going to go up magically. You have to you have to score the ball, and that's hard to do in the NFL. Even even when you're playing the Texans, you got to admit, like we have kept these games close, and so I do believe in our ability to play the Chargers close. But it, it's not based on some naivety that we're going to win these games. It's just based on the reality that we've gotten away with playing with our opposing quarterbacks having bad quarterback play for us. I, I would like to get into why I think this is going to be a really tough weekend. And looking at the schedule, I think that this is going to be kind of the, the crash down to reality weekend that starts off a pretty, a pretty rough stretch. But before we do that, Corey, let's hear from a few sponsors. Okay, no problem. Let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene, Custom Geek Parties. Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle, are you in yet? Also, let me tell you guys, it's never a good idea to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway. You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in, in courses learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist. Because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. So, I, again, I know that we have played... The Texans have played a lot of these matchups close, but I think the best remedy for a, a banged-up quarterback is being able to go to that running game early and often, which is something that the Texans have proven they are unable to defend against, which is one of the big things. I mean, again, this is a different situation than last week. It was literally up to the game that they were deciding whether – Herbert was going to be able to play against the Jags. And now you have them coming in against a Texans team. He's had a little more time to rest and try and get those ribs. I know that ribs are one of those things where it just takes time to recover from. But he has had some time to try and get those ribs feeling a little better. And the Texans defense dead last against the rush. And so you have them giving up 607 yards this year against the opponents on the ground. I think that they're going to be able to lean on Eckler in this game. And then, like I said, uh, Cortland Sutton just chewed up the secondary. I think they just ha are going to struggle with bigger, more physical receivers, which is Mike Williams. So I think they'll be able to go to him. I think they've got a couple of things that they can go to early and often, which is why this could probably get out of hand pretty quick. 
again, you're you're not wrong about anything. We 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 lead the league and being terrible at stopping the run. Uh, we also have one of the fewest amount of rushing yards. So when you put those two stats together, that differential. Uh, internally, some of the writers have been talking in the Discord, and they're pretty sure it's an NFL record. They can't find a larger discrepancy in a season for a team, so that's a good feeling. Um, we aren't we're we're not good at running it, and we're not great at stopping the run. We're actually bad at both, so that is a bit of a problem. The Mike Williams thing, I think Sutton is is a a higher caliber receiver than than Mike Williams. I do think it's going to depend on the refereeing. If you recall in that Broncos game, the very first time Russell Wilson went to Sutton, they called a pass interference call on Stingley Jr. And you could see him looking to the sidelines like, I didn't, I, I thought I was in the good there. So, and I think that messed with his confidence a little bit and how physical he could be with the big guy. So it's going to depend on what they let him get away with against Mike Williams. And I'm not necessarily saying illegal. I just, how much contact is going to be considered fair play versus foul. And that's going to change every game. So that sometimes that's just the, the deciding factor between whether a corner has a good game or not is the referees. And that's not you don't want to hear that if you're a defensive guy, and you don't want to hear that when Stingley Jr. is one of your highest draft picks. But the reality is, the refs can really determine how much free space you give a receiver. It, it can it can ultimately be up to them how good of a day a receiver really has. So it will depend. You know, Sutton got that first call, and then I think there was even a holding call like a couple plays later against a different receiver, and you could see the young secondary of the Texans kind of looking around like, oh, like, is this going to be a problem? And I think that that shook how physical they were with the Denver receivers. Now, as the season goes on, they're going to get used to it. They're going to, it's going to, they're going to shake them off. They're going to, they're going to be okay. But that first, that second game against what they were probably told in the meetings is a great quarterback, Russell Wilson. They they were really kind of worried about those penalties. I feel like now, I I think on a lot of levels you're right. Like they're just better than us. But I do. There's nothing about it that makes me. There's nothing I've seen so far that gives me some great confidence. Again, I don't think we're gonna win. I do just think we're gonna be close with them. I don't know. And the other thing is that they're coming off a bad loss. I mean, they need these wins to keep up with the Chiefs. But that's the thing um, is, I don't think... I don't know. It has the makings of just them coming out with their hair on fire. And you mentioned, too, about coming down to earth and the optimism about ripping off wins. I think this is going to be a really tough month. Oh, really oh tough for month. sure. Because I think the Chargers... I think the Chargers need this win uh, just to get back on track. I think Herbert's probably going to look a little healthier this week. And then you have the Jaguars. Who, the Jaguars look like a real team. The Jaguars look like a legit team. Uh, and they look a lot more put together. And then you have the Raiders, who if there was – I mean, you come into this game, it's October 23rd, and before the season you think, oh, maybe you can catch the Raiders sleeping a little bit. And now they start 0-3. That Raiders team is desperately going to need to pick up a win right there. And so they're going to come in really hot. Titans, I mean, if the Titans, we'll see this is a few weeks out now, but at the end of October, if the Titans are anywhere close to the Jaguars, they're desperately going to need that win. And then you have the Eagles, who look like they might be the best NFC team. So that is their next, uh, after the Chargers game, of course, that is 
their next four games coming out of week four. So this is just going to be a really tough stretch. Yeah, there's no getting around that. You're definitely right about that. When we were before we before I knew how bad we were going to be, I don't think I picked a win against any of those. I think I said we might steal one from the Raiders, and then I think the Jacksonville Tennessee stuff. I think I said we're going to get one of those. I thought I I thought Tennessee would be the good team and Jacksonville the bad team, but there, I think there's only one good team in our division right now, and I think there's always kind of only one good team at a time. So if it's going to be Jacksonville, that gives me no hope that Tennessee is going to be any good. Um, and again, I think it's just because I think there's a shelf life on some of these coaches who preach this certain way of playing football when there are no results to show for it. Like Frank, Frank Wright, Mike Vrabel, they can't keep going inch by inch, be tough, help me out here, go get it, show grit, show character, be good men, and then not make playoff appearances, not win playoff games. That's actually the speech I give before we record every podcast. I know, and I don't like to I don't like to call you out on the air, but crap coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> crap coach. No, I just I think, you know, you can't Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Maybe rip off Hoosiers next time. The goal's the same size no matter where we play. I just think that it doesn't matter. Such a great movie. (laughs) I just think it doesn't. I think you can only hear that same speech so many times without result. Like if Mike Vrabel had taken Tennessee to the division, um, you know, last year or something, then I think coming into this year, people will be like, man, we're like one game away. Like character matters. Like let's really show it. Let's really care. But I think what do they do? The first or second round again? And it was just kind of more of the same. And it starts to kind of add up where you really feel like, maybe we don't have the right pieces to go over the hump. Also, when you see them actively trying to replace a starting quarterback that keeps winning for them, it probably takes a little bit out of their sails. It kind of goes back to that methodology of why can't anybody replicate the Bill Belichick system when they go out of his, when the, the, his coaching tree goes abroad right. from New England. And it's like, well, the Bill Belichick coach, you can only have people buying into it when you have the championships to kind of back well, it up. I feel like that's kind of the the, sh- the shelf life now when you're – I mean, it's totally different with college because you see it all the time with college coaches. But for professionals who are making millions of dollars, the the uber rah-rah guy kind of has the, the shelf life because – there, there needs to be wins to kind of back it up. And Tennessee has been solid the last couple of years, but they've hit a pretty clear ceiling at all. I think so, and I think that's sort of the, the problem. I think Vrabel, for all of his savvy and and kind of in-game knowledge that he has gifted the Tennessee Titans with, there's a, lo- there's a lot of smart football that he puts on the field and he puts on tape. They're just, they're just not good enough to go that extra step, and he's not – a better coach to get that out of them. And so I do think they're at that impasse. Also, I think the Bill Belichick trick is simply this. Bill Belichick compartmentalizes everything, including the coaching. Nobody in the Patriots organization is Bill Belichick because he doesn't develop Bill Belichick's. He gives you a skill set and a job set, and that's all you're responsible for. So even when these coaches go other places, they only have so much of the knowledge that they can take with them because they didn't do the other stuff. And I think that really kind of shows now what that means for uh, like teams like us where we take Nick Casario and we make him our team president. Well, the Patriots are really good at picking players to do specific one thing. Well, as long as we do the same concept, then, then we can take him and use him and, tr- and it'll translate. But the coaches, 
you know, Romeo Cornell, um, who was the one who went to Notre Dame? Charlie Weiss. As far back as those guys, they only knew half of the game because Bill Belichick doesn't teach you everything. He doesn't need you to know everything. He doesn't care if you know everything. He just wants you to know your part. And so, yeah, you know, Romeo Cornell, actually in Cleveland, they had a pretty good defense that, that second year. But their offense was terrible. Brady Quinn was, a, was the worst quarterback draft decision you could have possibly made. But it was such an interesting story that Charlie Weiss groomed him and handed him over to Romeo Cornell, and somehow it still didn't work out. So, yeah, that's sort of the trick, right? Is like he knows everything. The rest of them only know some of it. So let me let me ask you this then, because this will set us up nicely for the next month of Texans football Uh-oh. when it's going to be hard to watch some of these games. And wait a minute. Was, even was it easy to watch the last three? Wait, wait. <laughs> Is it going to be harder than the last three? I think there was some buy-in that you could get wins in the last three. Okay. I don't know if that's true in the next. Okay, so you're saying the the percentage of hope when I turn all my Texans game is lower for the next month. Severely. Okay, all right. You're not looking at any of these games until you play the Giants on November 3rd as, oh, you know what? There's Maybe there's a route. Okay, all right. Okay, so what's the question? With With that in mind to get people ready for the Chargers game, why do you watch? Other than just your, we get all the, the you're a fan, you love the sport, uh, you're dedicated, you start watching the team when you're 11 and now you're addicted. All of that aside, why do you keep flipping back to the, the Chargers, Texans, when there's probably going to be better games on? What are, what are the silver linings? Well, the first reason I flip back is Vox Media is paying me to tell you guys about why the Texans matter. So we start there. Uh, Secondly, the sponsors are paying me. But then after those two, the next important reason that I watch is because – that was a pretty good – I'm pretty funny sometimes. Uh, The next reason that you watch is there is hope on the scene. I do want to see Damian Pierce continue to run and develop. I do want to see what Pep Hamilton does to try and make this job easier for Davis Mills because – if Davis Mills is having a hard time at the level we were running the offense at, what can Pep Hamilton do to scale it back some so that he can make better decisions so that we can ramp it back up again? Uh, that's important. Uh, I, I, I want to see Petrie keep playing. I want to see Stingley keep playing. I want to see Harris get on the field in the next month and, and show us something. There's a lot of opportunity for these guys to develop. Uh, Kenyon Green, if he's going to be healthy, I would like to see him play and see what we got out of that. There's a lot of these opportunities. That's that's five rookies right there that we could can watch and get excited about. Watch how they match up. Watch how they play. To to maybe we're not in it to win these games, but let's let's show heart. Let's show character. Let's show all those things that Frank Wright and Mike Vrabel asked for in the in the in the in the locker room. But then we you know over deliver and they don't do their part by getting us to the Super Bowl. Let's do that in right now. And if, if two or three years from now we look up and we're a 10 or 12 win team and Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton are still not delivering, then we can make a, a great decision there and say, let's go get a guy who's going to take us to the next level now that we've built this great team. I think Lovey Smith is the right coach, though, for this moment because I don't think he's going to let these guys slack off. He's an old school NFL vet. He knows what this game is about. He knows if you, don't, if you go out there and don't care, you can get hurt. You know, Tua got out there this uh, this Thursday night game and, and got hurt potentially bad. Now, my understanding is he's ultimately okay. 
and I, they haven't said yet about missing time or anything, but you don't go out there and, and, and lays it out. you got to go out there and want it. And if, if the Texans aren't properly motivated, that's that's a bad thing. And so you want to see that, too. You want to see if they care at all. But if they go out there and they're pumped up and it just doesn't work out, I can still be their fan and support them and care. Now, if they go out there and just phone it in, last, last year was a bad year to watch. There was a lot of guys sitting on the benches when their unit wasn't out. There were a lot of guys not clapping and cheering for touchdowns and scores and good plays. There were a lot of guys who felt like they didn't care. And I think that's why they fired that coach. Because it wasn't that he was bad. They didn't care if they were bad. They needed the draft picks. Bad was okay. They cared that the team checked out. So I think that's what's important. No, that's, I mean, that's all a great reason and a great reason to kind of look towards the future, have some of that some of that rebuilding hope that you're that you're building towards something you're not a, a rudderless ship there is yeah you want to know that you're you're going in yeah towards. you're going in the right direction if you watch the game and at the end of it you feel like there is zero hope like right now my friends and I are in a, a real debate about whether or not Davis Mills is a quarterback that's a good thing because that means we need to keep watching these games and he needs to keep performing so that we can really get on the same page and decide if we think he's a quarterback or not So that's a, a really good, like, thousand-foot approach. I have a really, not super zoomed-in, but a little more zoomed-in approach of why, the silver line, why you should watch. Is it because you, you got him in your pick em league? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. Uh, I'm not broken. <laughs> so this team is weirdly, has a really weird... It's a really oddly like good pass rush. Yeah. Question mark. They rank in the top ten in uh, QB pressure percentage, in sacks, and in tackles for loss. So they consistently get into opposing teams' backfield, and they're not like like legitimately like they're in the top uh, ranked either sixth or eighth in all those categories. I told you, Lovey Smith is going to make is... you get after guys. He does not tolerate loafing around. No, he. I mean, and he's a really good defensive coach. The offensive stuff is pretty weird, but he's a really good defensive coach, and he's going to get the most out of these guys. And this is a team with their blitz blitz percentage is bottom ten in the league. Again, this is all according to uh, Pro Football Reference references page. But uh, so to be able to get that kind of pressure and not be bringing the blitz that often, along with also just getting a lot of tackle, just getting into the pose opposition's backfield a lot getting to those running backs early on those running play, like all that stuff and again it doesn't make any sense because you think a team that's doing that well uh would like have some answers for stuff like i don't know the running attack <laughs> <laughs> so it's again it's a weird it's a weird piece to pick out and but it, it's it's a nice way to kind of juxtapose excuse me juxtaposition is the word I was looking for your thousand foot take is yes this is the reason to keep tuning in every week but if you want something to hone in on because I I'm pretty sure you don't have a fantasy player on this team no I don't I think that would be the thing is when it seems like drive after drive on the offensive side maybe it's a little weird I think you could still like flip on this team and watch them and then maybe maybe I'm getting a little too football nerdy and the average fan isn't gonna look at this stuff but guess what 
they're kind of weirdly good at creating quarterback pressure and grabbing tackles for loss, getting sacks. Uh, and so that's a that's another reason to watch the, the Texans. No, I, I totally agree. They're, they've they've been doing a great job getting pressure. I didn't realize that they were so high in the in the league for those stats. That's impressive. I like when you bring the numbers, Colton. You make me sound smart by proving my point. For I like it. I like it. Um, I, it's it's a team effort here. At it Battle it Red takes Radio, just like it's a team effort in the. It NFL. takes two of us to make me look good. I believe it. Um, <laughs> I, I do. It's just disgusting that you forgot your own program on this show. When you did that. <laughs> I mean, he makes me sound good. You make me look good. How about that? With oh these... my gosh. You know what? Let's get to some picks. Before we do that, let's hear from a couple more sponsors. <laughs> this is probably our last show because Nico's going to just take us offline. But let's do it anyways. I love you, bro. I love you. All right, here we go. Uh, it's time to trade in your face masks for masks. Load up the hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. It's a great family-friendly atmosphere. They use low-impact paintballs. It's 11260 Hempstead Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Check it out today. Uh, they are working on building up some youth leagues, so get out there and have a good time. Enjoy yourselves. Get that extra energy out so that you can enjoy the game because the kids are tired from Splat Indoor Paintball. Also, make sure to check out The Adventure Begins, The Stadium, Right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas. And the Marcel Town Center, it's on the second floor. It is their sports memorabilia and cards store. Check it out. They got all kinds of great stuff from all the top guys. Panini, Fleer, Upper Deck, all those guys. This, the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. The Stadium, the Adventure Stadium, right there in the Marcel Town Center. Nico and I highly recommend going and checking out The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. So let's make some picks, fellas. I have, and again, I use uh, Caesar Sportsbook. I had somebody reach out asking me why their lines were. Di There's uh, different books put out different numbers. They're all going to be pretty close, but you you could find a half a point difference. So, just for reference, I'm using Caesar Sportsbook when I'm. Uh, you tell somebody in case you're finding. Something. If somebody's asking you questions like that, you tell them it's because you're cheating. Okay, just say it. Just listen. I cheat. I buy these lines. I get better deals than you. I'm important. You're not. Stop asking me questions. Those. That's one approach. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use this. That was my that was my Andrew Tate moment right there. How about that? Oh boy. No association whatsoever. <laughs> All right. What does Caesar say we're looking at this week? We're looking at minus five in favor of the road team the chargers and the over under is squarely at 45 points unders really hitting i i feel like we're gonna see these under these over unders kind of keep dipping i mean you you think about last year how many were in the vicinity of 50 points weekend right weekend, right and now we're i we're dipping. I believe we're under 50% of the unders are hitting. Three and so many weeks. big fourth quarters, too, which so, is what makes it weird. Yeah, exactly, which means a lot of these games are, are starting out slow. Lots of uh, lots of road favorites as well through three weeks. Chargers, one of those road favorites here. I got to be honest. I think that the Chargers take this, this spread. 
I think this is at least a seven-point game. I am not sure what to do on the over. Oh, oh. Are you going to guess even or just not make a play? I'll, I'll make a pick, obviously, but let's let's discuss this oh, first of all. I okay. feel pretty good about minus five on the Chargers, but I, I I can see these teams kind of slogging through the first half and getting. I, I can totally see the halftime score being ten three. Yeah, yeah, I can see that absolutely. And so if we're seeing some fireworks later on, but it's a slog early on, then. Yeah, I, and, and the other factor, too, is that, I mean, you had – I know that uh, Damian Pierce was on the injury report as well, but – and Davis Mills' thumb seems like it's going to be just fine, but you're still – he might be a little banged up. Herbert's 100% banged <laughs> up. Feels like maybe these these quarterbacks lean on running backs early in this game. So that also – I mean, if you're buzzing through that first half pretty quick, that also could con- contribute to a, an under – that said, I mean, I can totally see the Chargers coming out and coming out with their hair on fire and putting up a couple of touchdowns really quick early too. And this is the this is a team that scores pretty quickly, so I yeah I'm I'm not sure which way to go on the over under. What what are you thinking? Corey? Uh, I uh, I believe that the Chargers will finish more than five points up, so I'm going to take the Chargers minus five. Uh, I still actually, I think this is an under game because we do play all these gross, close games. You know, if it's 21-13 when it's all said and done, the under hits and the Chargers cover, and that's kind of where I think this game ends. I, I, I If the Chargers are up 9 or 10 points, I don't think they're going to throw it downfield at all, which means it's not going to be one of those crazy fourth quarters. Well, I think they're just going to try and run it out because they don't want Herbert to keep getting hit. So... That would be the smart play, except that this team had their quarterback with broken ribs in in the last, like, two minutes of this game against the Jaguars when they were down 38-10. to 10. So who knows? Well, part of that is, is, you know, he's a leader, but also he, he, he sometimes these guys aren't smart. But I guarantee you what happened was when he came to this, when, when, they, when they got home, the coach's wife was like, why did you leave that poor kid in? And he coached it. I, you know, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so this time they probably won't take him out. But what they will do is they'll run, 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 run. I don't think they'll even look past it. If they're up, 50, if they're up 10, 15 going into the fourth, I don't think they'll even look past it. I don't even think they'll look 10 yards down the field with the quarterback. Third and three, they're going to throw it four yards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Protect protect the franchise a bit. Nico, where where are you leaning on all this? Uh I I honestly I'm I think I'm gonna take the under and the Chargers taking it. I just think it's just gonna be a defensive game. No one is really committing to anything. And I don't I genuinely don't believe in Davis Mills, poor boy. Just he just hasn't done anything and his stats are just so bad. Start the CJ And usually I'm not a right stats now. person. <laughs> <sighs> Usually I'm not a stats person. I'm always like believe in the moment because that's just how I live my life. But it's not looking good. That it's was, not looking that was good, disturbingly bro. true, but also very honest about Davis Mills. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You, we when we did that episode with the numbers, I think that was when I broke your heart, and you were just like, yeah, he can't be the guy. And I think that that's the numbers are kind of showing a severe regression from last year. So something needs to happen. 
that's just yeah. Like it's either he he's gonna break out of this and like really show us up, and the likelihood of that travels further and further oh, every day. Really does. Um. Okay. So that I'm putting my eight and two on the line. What is y'all's record at this point? I know Nico's not so great. Colt, what is your record so far on picks? Ooh, it's not what it's not doing good. It's not doing good. I know I've hit the under on a few of these on a few of these games. You know what? You know what I'll do? I this weekend I will make a concerted effort. I will tally up my totals because I'm not gonna hide from them. I'm not gonna hide from a rough start. <laughs> we all have rough starts. It's not a start though. I'm, I'm not gonna hide from it. I'll yeah, find my it's... totals and I will present them on the okay, next show. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a pr- that's a promise to you and Ooh. to the listeners. That in mind. That in mind. I am. You know what? I'm taking the Chargers minus five. Give me the over. I'm going to regret it. Yeah, I think you Give are going to regret over. that. Taking the over I, doesn't – I mean, that doesn't – I think – Unless the Chargers win by, like – Unless it's, like, the Jacksonville-type game where it's, like, 30 to 10. Uh, I don't know. But even that doesn't hit the over. 30 to 10 doesn't hit the over. It doesn't. But is it crazy to think that this game ends, like, 30-20? Uh, who? I'm sorry. How many points? Thirty to twenty. Who? The, who, the Texans have hit who twenty you, points. Yeah, but they hit it when the other team was also trying to. You oh. know, in the fourth quarter, the defenses are tired, and they also kind of went off the field because they need their offense to score again too. So there's a little bit of that. Sometimes I feel like Texas NFL defenses kind of let you go down the field and score. Um, because they also want back. We are always in these close game slugouts. You know what I mean? I I, I don't think that's going to be the case of this game. I, you know what? Go with God, my friend. Could be could be a garbage time touchdown. That saves that that them. is what saved my Cleveland pick. I, they got in. Imba- the Chargers got really walloped by uh by the Jaguars last Sunday. I. I think they come out and they might not be doing it in the fourth quarter, but I think they come out. I think they really are pressing for points. I think they have to be in this game, Uh, whether that's running, whether that's trying to find Eckler free for some screens, whether that is using Mike Williams to the maximum effect. I think they're, I think they're trying to find points in this game really early. And so if it, if it's going into half and it's, I don't know, twenty one to twenty one to three, twenty one to seven, something like that. I uh, I think I I just end up kicking myself because that's what, it felt like this is a, a bounce back game for the Chargers. I get the injuries, I get that Herbert's still gonna be dealing with some rib stuff, but they are just a very much a, a very heavily talented team over the Texans roster, and I think as weird as the Chargers have been the last couple of years. Uh, they do have those games in them where they come out and they just prove yeah. how much talent they have. And then they'll, they'll go the next week and they'll have a crazy weird fourth quarter that makes you scratch your head and wonder what they're thinking. And that's kind of the Chargers. But that's actually the last few years. But I think this is a team. That's kind of the kind story of, of the Chargers, though. If you think back to like the the uh, Drew Brees LT days, the Phillip Rivers LT days, they would do the same thing. Remember, like, they would always be that one game away from the Super Bowl and the Colts or the Patriots would send them home. They were always kind of built this way. I just think that this is 
I think it's a bounce-back game if they win 24-10. You know, I think they should consider that a bounce-back win. So I, I, I don't know that they need the 50 Maybe. points to feel good because there's so much going wrong for them right now. You got to remember, a, a win, on, a win totally on the road in the NFL is like gold. I... But if they come out and Keenan Allen's looking oh. good and Mike Williams is playing well and they've got all these receivers running all over the place, how how much of a percentage do you need from Herbert to start tossing well, what, the ball? Well, what will happen is it'll be 100 be early, but what will happen is the shot will wear off faster. He'll be moving his arms and shoulders and his back and his hips a lot more. He'll be twisting that cartilage all up. The pain receptors will start firing by fourth quarter and – by then, they better be up three or four touchdowns. Keenan Allen's going to look good. Keenan Allen always has games against us. Um, Mike Williams, he, he'll probably be okay, but I just don't think that it's – I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think there's enough so points if, total. If the, bet, is if the, the bet is – if the bet is they're going to come out firing all over the place and then I'm just banking on the Texans' running defense to be bad and let up points in the second half – yeah, I listen, <laughs> the one thing, you know what I will say, though? The Texans have shown this this season. I don't know if there's any stats to back me up, Colton. They've been a very bend-don't-break defense. Like, yeah, you ran 200 yards on us, but your running back didn't have any of the touchdowns. So, like, they do a good job of kind of, con- of inside the red zone forcing you to do something else. Like, think about that Broncos stand where they went to Sutton twice and Stingley Jr. won both exchanges. You know, they... In the red zone, they actually do a decent job of keeping you from scoring the touchdown. Like, yes, you will run 80 yards downfield, but then we will stop you. So I do feel like the yardage is high, but I wonder I wonder what our percentage in the red zones are, our defensive stands. I bet it's top half of the league. Well, they only have given up – they've only given up two passing touchdowns. And I know this is a red zone numbers, but as far as scoring is concerned, two passing touchdowns and I'm pulling up their, uh, their rushing uh, – three rushing touchdowns. So five touchdowns on the year through three weeks, which isn't bad. Again, it's tough for me because they have this stuff that looks good, but then I take a step back and – Oh, yeah, I'm looking through the prism of the Colts, Broncos, and Bears. Maybe this is all just deceptive. Because because of how bad those teams are? Yeah, no, I I, I don't disagree with what you're doing. I I just, I'm I'm hopefully disagreeing with the outcome. This will be a good good measuring stick of how how real is some of this stuff. Because, like, again, you mentioned the red zone stuff, which sounds great. And then you take a look and it's like, oh, one of those teams was the Broncos, who is desperate to make mistakes <laughs> in the red zone. And the other team is, like, the Bears, who is just bad all around on offense and they can run the ball. But that's because they have to. <laughs> well, just, but can't we flip that both saying? ways, like, though? Just, can't we flip that both ways and say, like, ways. yeah, the Broncos are really bad in the red zone because one of their three games, they played a team that's really good defensively in the red zone. And I think that's where you need the bigger. We need more data. Building on these yeah. samples. No, and, and I'm exactly. with you on that. We do need more data. This will be a good telling because I do agree that the Chargers, while they are missing their important key guys at the top of the roster, 
they are a deep, good franchise. So ideally, they should be able to compensate. Maybe not at the same level, but they should be able to compensate for those losses. So it will it will be a telling weekend for us, and that's another reason to watch, fans. Yeah, and just for the record, red zone percentage top Boom. five Houston Texans in red zone percentage. Uh, I I believe we both have said this on the show a lot of times the bend don't break defense that they seem to have. But again, it it could it could be that the defense is actually better than you think. It could they haven't played anybody good. Justin Fields, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to convert in the red zone. <laughs> I I'm not sure yet. This is going to be a great measuring. But even then, if we get out of this week and it's more of the same, we'll have the same problem because then we're going to say, well, it was a hurt Justin Herbert. We knew they were going to have to run, so we were able to zone in. You know what I mean? Like, we need more data. (laughs) I will will think differently about this defense after this week, even with the the qualifiers, just because, like, you you use – Oh, they, they, we knew they had to run. Well, we knew they True. had to run against the Bears. And that didn't True. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and that was their well, second string back. Yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. 280-something yards. So, I mean, I, I will I will think differently. If they look good and continue that red zone streak that they're on and continue pressuring the quarterback against the Chargers, I will look at them a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with that at all. All right. Well, there there you have it. There's the picks. That's all wrapped up. Thanks for listening to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm Colt Molesky. It's Corey DLG. Got producer Nico. Thanks so much for tuning in. And make sure you're subscribing wherever you're finding this podcast. And go and check out the Battle Red blog as well while you're at it. Thanks for listening. Have a tremendous weekend. <laughs>